Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Sproles here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. Thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Co-host Connor Miles here. Joined, as always, my Eagles, our Eagles Brawl insider, Ed Gross. Ed, oh, man, they tied to the Bengals. Hey, you know what's funny? You came on for your game score prediction. You picked the Bengals to win 24-23. That's you're right. Close. It was 23-23. Yeah. But – Really, really, the sky is falling in Philadelphia. Uh, I know it's only three games into the season, but to lose to the Washington franchise, who picked second in the draft this upcoming, this past draft, and then to tie to the team that picked first, that really only has one win under their belt the last two years, it's not something that we're very happy about right now. And I know a lot of people are talking about benching cars from Wentz and Doug Peterson isn't the coach anymore. Get rid of Howie. We're all pointing the finger. And it, it seems that everybody wants to pick a side of who to blame. What's getting lost in all of this is a team sport, man. You're 0-2. You're, you're 0-2-1. You haven't won a game yet. That doesn't take one player. That takes a whole group. That's a collective effort to get to that point. The offense isn't playing well. The defense isn't playing well. The coaching isn't being isn't coaching well. Every aspect of this team is falling apart right now. What do we go? Where do we go from here? Instead of just pointing fingers and saying who to blame, how how do you fix this mess? How what do you do, Ed? What, what in your opinion? How do they turn this around? Yeah, um, well, like you mentioned, there's a lot of blame to go around. It's not just one fix. I mean, but I think it starts with fixing Carson Wentz. If you can find out what in the world's going on with him. And I know you and I have talked about maybe it was the groin that was affecting him, but um, we saw that that doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, he ran the ball for a career-high 65 yards or 64 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, you, you can't question that guy's heart and determination on that game-tying drive, um, you know, to, to run for nine yards on third and six. I mean, he just 
he, you know, he put his, he squared up his shoulders and took tacklers on to get those extra yards. And then that seven yard run for the touchdown, um, you know, he sailed through the air for the final three or four yards to get the ball over the goal line. Um, you can't question his heart, but you certainly can question his arm and his decision-making. I mean, just when it looks like he might've had things kind of figured out and turned around, he makes a, he makes a bad throw. He throws uh, an interception. Okay. The ball gets tipped at the line. And when you look at the game tape, you see Matt Pryor just kind of standing there on the defensive line and not really trying to take, hit him in the stomach to bring his arms down. So the defender gets his arms in the air and deflects the ball and it goes into Logan Wilson's arms and it's an interception right around midfield. But, that second throw, trying to force it into Wentz, that was or Ertz rather, that was just a uh, very bad throw. And um, you know, he, he, you see some good, but then you see some bad. I don't know what the fix is. I mean, Doug talked today on Monday about trying to simplify the game plan. I mean, I, it's it's way beyond that. You look at that overthrow to Miles Sanders that he had down the left uh, part of the field. There, he was one on one with a linebacker, Sanders, and he had. A lot of separation, and if you hit that, it's 2016 at the time. You're in a fourth quarter. You take the lead with a touchdown, and, and then you play from there with eight minutes to go in the game. But he overthrew him. Uh, he threw in the double coverage on Deshaun. Cincinnati did a nice job taking that away. First play of the game, they roll Carson out, uh, and he throws deep to Deshaun. It was double covered. The Bengals sniffed that out. Credit to them, but. Um, still, there's just too many things with Carson that you're wondering, like, what what's going on? I mean, it's just mechanically he's not there. I don't know if he's there mentally. Um, but they have to figure it out because we talk about all these fixes that need to be made, but it has to start with Carson. Absolutely. He'll go as far as they take him. But a lot of people think it's the Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts being behind his shoulder is what's really bothering him now. And at some points, I I – Look, I, I have no answers. I literally have no answers to why his play is deteriorating this much. It's never this consistent amount of bait. And I know you cover the team. You're there every time they play. You see it up close. I know for a fact you have not seen Carson Wentz play this bad as a long stretch of a period of time since he's been the Eagles quarterback. It's unexplainable. It really is. I don't know why it's going to this bad. Everybody's looking to us for answers. Everybody's looking for the analysts for answers, the podcast for answers. We don't even know. Well, literally, I don't think Doug Peterson knows. Right. That's if it makes you feel any better. Doug doesn't know either. I mean, he's searching and he's, you know, he's stammering along trying to give us answers. But frankly, he doesn't know either. You know, now he's going to, you know, play up tempo and get Carson to unclutter his mind. I mean, listen, I, I don't think that's the issue. I think it comes down to mechanics. I, I really do. And, and timing and, uh, you know, it, I just don't know why or what they're working on in practice. You know, we don't get to see practice much once the season begins. We're not in the locker room or the building to kind of talk to the people that we would like to talk to. We're kind of, uh, you know, we get whoever the PR department decides we're going to get. And by the way, we only got four players after the game yesterday, which is, you know, really, really bad. Um, you know, you're in a locker room post game. You can talk to 10 different players. You know, you're in the locker room every day after practice. You can get players one on one. You can get some inside information, but we just don't really have that. And that's why when you look to the pods and the analysts and the writers and the people that are covering the team, I mean, that's really why that we don't have answers because we're not covering the team the way we have in the past, uh, you know, obviously due to the pandemic. So um, that's why it's a mystery. And that's why I'm not sure we're going to get to the bottom of it. He's just going to have to play his way through this because, you know, I don't think he's going to get benched, especially for Jalen Hurts. I mean, it's nice for the fans to, 
you know, build this controversy that, you know, Hertz is, you know, threatening Wentz, but Jalen Hurts isn't ready. You think you're struggling with Carson. Uh, you bring a rookie quarterback in who um, did well in college at two football factories, Oklahoma and Alabama, but he, he didn't have any OTAs. I mean, to me, he's just not ready. You saw the mesh point yesterday, how he fumbled the ball out of the Wildcat. Him and Miles Sanders weren't you know, you know, in sync on that handoff. I mean, these are the kinds of issues you'd be opening up with Jalen Hurts. I will say I would rather start Nate Sudfeld over Jalen Hurts. I mean, Sudfeld's been here four years. Um, we don't know what he is. They tell us they like him a lot. It's why he's been here. Um, but I just don't see Wentz getting benched, at least before the bye. No, I, I don't see him getting benched at all. Even yeah. if they continue to downward spiral, I – this is their quarterback. This is what mm-hmm. they invested in. They're they're tied to him no matter what. They even have to go into next year and say Carson wants our quarterback, just the way the contract is set up right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, with you though. Jalen Hurts isn't ready. Nah. Look, I mean, if if you're I mean, you I, you cover the game and you know Jalen Hurts from just studying him, but I'm for everybody listening, he didn't play the traditional quarterback style at Alabama. He was a running back. He goes to Oklahoma. And that's his first taste of playing the actual quarterback position, in my opinion, at least, because that's the system, Lincoln Riley system, where you have to play up to quarterback standards like Baker Mayfield, Kyle Murray, and Jalen Hurts. Now Spencer Rattler's over there destroying it for Oklahoma. But that's his first taste that he really got at being quarterback. And then that's where teams started to see in the NFL where, oh, look, this this guy does have quarterback ability, but we have to tap into it. We have to coach it. He's a, a prospect. He's a project. He is nowhere close. No matter if the Titans drafted him, no matter if the Vikings drafted him, no matter if any team that has a quarterback issue right now that has a struggling starter in place that drafted Jalen Hurts is not thinking about playing him this season. Absolutely not. It's 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 not fathomable. That's that's not a position to be in. You put Jalen Hurts in, you're at risk of losing him, losing him. Long-term. You're at risk of completely destroying a player's confidence, destroying anything that he has going for many potential going for him. He's still a project. He's still a work in progress. Do I put them in these design runs that they're doing right now? Absolutely, because they need to get some type of rhythm going. Uh, if it, We're going to get into this, but to, for Doug Peterson to put a cap on Miles Sanders and then come out and say it's the fatigue issue, I'm going to finally admit where I'm wrong <laughs> on air, that I am wrong that the Eagles were content to stick at the running back position. They, they should have brought somebody else in. If you felt that Miles Sanders is fatigued and that's your excuse for sticking, going away, leaning away from the running the running approach, the rushing attack, you clearly aren't confident in Boston Scott and Corey Clement running the ball. Then you, no, you shouldered no. it on Carson Wentz. You shouldered it on Carson Wentz to, to pass it while he was struggling, while Dallas got hurt out, your Deshaun Jackson got hurt, where this would have been the perfect opportunity to start utilizing the run more, especially against that Cincinnati run D. We talked about it on Saturday before leading into the game. And they didn't. He didn't, he didn't trust his guys. They should have. Brought, they should bring another running back then, and that's how you're going to feel if you feel like, which I completely understand. You saw it multiple times. Myron Sanders was hands on his knees, taking gas of air. He looks. He did look fatigued at times uh, through body language. But if you don't have a guy behind him that you could trust to carry the ball, you need to go get that guy. Then I was wrong. I thought that they had that. Clearly, Doug Peterson feels like they don't. They need to get that. Well, and just the way they used Boston Scott and Corey Clement, I mean, they just kept running the ball up the middle yesterday. And, you know, mm-hmm. Boston Scott's not an up-the-middle guy. you got to get him out on quick tosses. You have to get him on the edge um, and let him try to create in space. Um, but, you know, you have Elijah Holyfield sitting there on your practice squad. Um, 
you had JT Barrett sitting there in the second round of the draft. You could have picked him, the running back from Ohio State. I think that's his name, JT JK, Barrett. J.K. Dobbins. J.T. Barrett JK was Dobbins. the quarterback. He was the quarterback yeah, right. for Ohio State, though. So yeah. yeah, yeah. One of those initial names. Uh, yeah. I can't get right yet. J.K. Do- I mean, Dobbins is sitting there in the second round at, you know, the pick where you took Jalen Hurts. I mean, you need a second running back. Uh, and they don't have it, especially Doug always likes to use that committee system and Boston Scott and Corey Clement not really showing much. I'm not sure they're being used properly to their strengths, um, and that's on Doug. Um, mm-hmm. But you do need another running back, and maybe Elijah Holyfield's there. Or, you know, I'm not a big Adrian Killens guy or, or um, Michael Warren. I really didn't see enough. But I really liked Elijah Holyfield uh, in, the, in the camp, and um, why not give him a shot? Why not may, try to make him your second running back? I, I don't. I don't understand um, that that approach at all because they do need somebody. Sanders was gassed, and um, to go away from the run game, I mean that you could have won the game just by running the ball. Even to me, when they scored that touchdown to, to tie the game, or rather to pull within one with what was it, twenty-one seconds left in the game mm-hmm. in regulation. I mean, I would have gone for two, and I think you could have just run the ball. I mean, I think you really could have just, you know, given it to Sanders maybe in space or pitch, you know, like. Just run the ball. They were giving up 100. They gave up 175 yards on the ground. Um, I would have gone for two there, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, that is a whole other topic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I they should have utilized the run. It, Carlos Dunlap even came out and said that they, we were the Eagles were afraid to run against them, which is just ludicrous due to the fact that Miles Sanders still went off even with the lack of usage he got, but. I'm with you. I mean, I don't think Corey Clement's a good runner. I'm just going to say it now. I think he's a good receiving option. His vision has not improved at all, and it's, it hasn't looked like it's gotten any better uh, since since he's coming back from the injury. I'm, I If they want to cut their losses there and bring up Holyfield, fine. I'm fine yeah. with that at this point because you have – Boston yeah. Scott's a good receiver. That Jason Hutley guy that they love from the Lions is a good receiver. It's time to get somebody in that, that can run behind Miles Sanders because I, I, I was always on the Boston Scott train. I still am. I'm not falling off. I agree with you. I don't think he's been utilized right at all. If you mm-hmm. want to utilize him, I mean, if you wanted this role to be filled, you need to have a different back to Boston Scott. You need to use Boston Scott and like your third down, your receiving type back. And then if the short yardage, I still use Boston Scott. And yes, absolutely. Even on the, on the goal lines, I would use Boston Scott. He's a power lift, uh, lifter. He's strong. He's very strong. And then he hides behind the offensive line pretty well. Mm-hmm. But how they're using him now – no, I would I would get another back. I would I, I would agree with you. I'm I am always firmly in the firm camp of believing that you put the freshest legs on the field. You don't sign these veteran running backs. You don't keep going after the guys that have the name brand. You go after guys with the fresh legs, and Elijah Holyfield is that. So yes, I would. That's somebody I would definitely consider bringing up. Especially if I mean, if you feel like Miles Sanders is fatigued, you're it's that's not going to change anytime soon. He missed pretty much all of training camp. So you're saying. You think he's fatigued going into week three. You're probably going to see him still on like a, a rushing snap count probably the next couple of weeks. So you better have a guy that can run the ball still. And they don't have that right now. So And then they lean on the pass and look what happens. So I, I'm definitely looking into bringing in another running back. And if it's calling up Elijah Holyfield, I think that is actually the right route to go in. But let's get into Doug Peterson's decision to punt. Were you a fan? I mean I, – no. I'm. I, I think I'm. I'm with you. I mean, I I played football. Even if it was a pop born in high school, it wasn't anything professional or anything like that. But uh, I played to win. And that's what we're. That's what we put the gear on for. That's what we put the pads on for. That's what we go on the field to sacrifice our bodies for. I mean, Dallas Goddard. I from what I've heard, broke his ankle, 
and Avante Maddox is really banged up now, and you lost your two start two starters on that team for a tie. That's not right. Yeah. You played a win, and Doug Peterson honestly, but his decision to punt, and now he's looking back on it and regretting it because he doesn't really. I think he finally realizes what the message sent to that team is. He wasn't confident in them. He wasn't mm-hmm. confident in them to either a get that pull it off, get the conversion, win. Or B, stop the Bengals from scoring in that, in that field position. So I he just told his team how he feels about them, and that's probably why he's regretting it now. But I, I see a lot of people that are actually like saying, you know, it wasn't that bad because it's better than a loss because if they finish 7-8-1 and then Dallas finishes 7-9, then the Eagles win the division. That's – I mean, if if you – tying and losing to the Bengals, I, I don't know why you're thinking about the playoffs right now then. Honestly, I don't know why you're thinking of that route. I'm thinking of – getting to win to get over this hump to get this team out of their mental funk that they're in i'm not playing for a tie right you always play to win the game and that and that's why you know when you only get four players to talk on zoom after a game and they all kind of say well we're with coach we're with coach if you're in the locker room you know and you get somebody one-on-one you know then maybe they open up a little bit more about how they felt about that call i mean like you said, clearly you, you played, you know, I played, you don't want to, you don't want to play for a tie. I mean, you want to play to win the game. And I was a little surprised, frankly, when it got to fourth and seven at the 41, why they even sent Elliot out to try a 59 yard field goal. I mean, I, I think I would have probably gone for it there, you know, fourth and how much, seven. How much time was on the clock then for that fourth and seven? I for, it was uh, 19 seconds. You can get a playoff. I get out of bounds. I mean, yeah, if I, it, I, can, I can look that up. I have the, the play sheet right here. If, if it's 19 seconds, you can get it. Because that's this is what I was debating about all day at work, and I'm thinking in my head if they had enough. Because even when they got the the false start with Matt Pryor on the on the field goal, and then it was fourth and 12 after that, I thought to myself, I didn't think they had enough time to get a playoff, especially that long. I mean, they weren't that Zach Ertz was an downfield catch was an anomaly. That game, I don't yeah. think that, were, that was going to happen again. I didn't yeah. think that they would have enough time to get that playoff after the fourth and twelve, get the first down, get it back into field goal range, and and then have enough time to do it because they didn't have any timeouts. I just didn't remember how much time they had left, though. Yeah, well, there was nineteen seconds. Neither team had a timeout. That was fourth and seven at the forty-one. Um, I think you have enough time to throw a pass yeah. over the middle and yeah. then hustle up and you get ten yards and you know then maybe a try a field goal. Uh, you know, you figure you spike the ball. Yeah. You're still looking at probably eight seconds, seven seconds. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to let five yards dictate that for me because if it's fourth and seven, I'm going for it then. I think you're right. Yeah. I think I would have gone for it. Put it. Put Jake Elliott in a better position to make that kick. Well, uh, I, was, I was surprised that they were. I mean, I know he made a 54-yard earlier in the in the game, and then, of course, you're not going to try a 64-yard field goal. I mean, there's only one field goal kicker that ever made a 64-yard field goal in the NFL, and that was seven years ago when Matt Prater did it in Denver you know, the mile high altitude and all that. So, I mean, you're not making a 64-yarder. To me, you're probably 20% going to make a 59-yarder. I know he made that 61-yarder against the Giants to win the game in the Super Bowl season, but that's a low, low shot there. And I probably would have just gone on for fourth and seven and kept the ball in my quarterback's hands. You're showing confidence in your quarterback at that point. You're showing confidence that the offensive line won't let him get sacked. And then, you know, then the Bengals get the ball you know, at the 45 or even closer. And then they have maybe time for one or two quick plays. Probably not. I mean, like we said, there's not a lot of time left. They had no timeouts. So I just would have fourth and seven. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to pick up the first down. I mean, it's only seven yards. 
Um, but maybe maybe the false start doesn't happen if they go for it on fourth and seven either. Maybe Matt Pryor doesn't jump because uh, I watched Trey Thomas drop a review today on his uh, in the trenches and uh, on that false start for the field goal, somebody yells hike, and that's what Matt made Matt Pryor pick himself up a little or flinch a little bit because he thought they hiked it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm actually with you on this now. Now you talked me into this because I was thinking, you know what, just kick the field goal. And then I was actually thinking, you know what, maybe try for the long field goal. Who knows? Maybe he makes it. If he doesn't, then you know. But I'm with you on this now because this could have made Carson Wentz's confidence. If they convert this, they convert that fourth down and then they put Jake Elliott in a favorable position to kick that field goal, Carson Wentz is feeling good. And he's going to that next game feeling good. Now, he still feels like crap. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're a quarterback in this league, I mean, you played football, like you said. If you're a quarterback in this league, you just care about winning. You don't care about your stat line. You care about getting the win. If he would have done enough, because I'm sure he feels like he did after he ran that. When he ran that touchdown in, he looked so frustrated. He was so frustrated. He's like, I'm just going to do it by myself if you're all going to get covered. That's what he looked like on his field. That's what his body language looked like. Screw it. I'm going by myself. And then he just supermaned it all the way into the end zone. Yeah. And then he comes – Great play. It, it was a great play. He, I, look, I'm all in on Carson Wentz. I'm not right. I, a lot of people are jumping off the wagon right now. He's playing awful football. He's playing like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I can easily admit that. But I'm not. In no means am I giving up on this Carson Wentz train. And well, the, the crazy thing is, yeah, they drafted Jalen Hurts. I guarantee you, Ed. And I don't know if you feel this way, but I strongly feel that Howie Roseman fully thought Jalen Hurts would be a backup quarterback for Carson Wentz. Never did he ever think that there's a possibility in his head where Jalen Hurts replaces Carson Wentz right. as a starting quarterback. I never thought that at all. I, I, they, that organization lives and breathes Carson Wentz. The whole entire brass went to North Dakota to have dinner with him. They've invested as much into Carson Wentz as they had Donovan McNabb when he was a franchise quarterback. There is no way I saw this Jalen Hurts pick. I know you feel the same. I, don't, I think Howie Rosman feels the same. As an indication towards Carson Wentz, if anything, they just wanted to back up a serviceable backup on a rookie contract. Yeah, especially and, with Carson Wentz, it's a huge deal. You can't pay two quarterbacks after you pay one a mega contract. Yeah. It never happens. Well, if you feel that way, and I feel that way, and Howie feels that way, then uh, why doesn't Carson Wentz supposedly feel that way? I mean, it, I'm telling you, he's not threatened by yeah. Jalen Hurts taking his job. That's not, you know, he's not panicking. Um, he's stronger mentally than that. Um, it's just something else. I, maybe it has to do with the no timing. And look, you look at the receivers he had at the end of the game, and I know it's an excuse, but you, you lose Deshaun Jackson again with a hamstring. You lose Dallas Goddard. You're playing at the end of that game with John Hightower, Deontay Burnett, and Greg Ward. I mean, it was last year, the December, all over again, mm. you know, with these weapons he had trying to win the game. And he just didn't have enough time working with these guys, I guess. Um, to uh, to to make a difference. The amount um, the amount of tension Zach Ertz sees, I think, is starting to get to Carson. I I've never seen the effort be put into take Zach Ertz out of a game plan before than I've seen the first couple of weeks of the season. I've never seen it before in my life. They every defense is not afraid of the Eagles, and they shouldn't be. Is mm-hmm. there's no, and they let even Dallas Goddard get open. They don't really fear him yet. I have not seen – every time I watch this game so far, whether it's Washington, whether it's L.A., or whether it's Cincinnati, 
that whole entire defense goes after Zach Ertz. That whole entire secondary goes after Zach Ertz. When you take Zach Ertz out of the game plan, look what's happening so far. Now I'm not I'm not making this again about Zach Ertz. I'm just saying I think that goes into Carson Wentz's struggles. Carson Wentz has always been able to rely on Zach Ertz, and now every defense I feel like you if you're a defensive coordinator, you know you're playing the Eagles and you're going off of last year's film, you're probably saying to yourself, let's take Zach Ertz out of it and see how he fares after that. Let's finally make sure we take Zach Ertz out of this game plan. And every team so far, like I just said, the first three opponents have done everything in their power to take Zach Ertz out of the game plan for the majority of the game. And this is the product that we're getting. Yeah. I feel like it started – maybe that's what it is. Maybe Carson Wentz hasn't found what to do outside of Zach Ertz. Hasn't found the trust uh, level with any of the other guys yet. Um, I don't know why Deshaun's not in that that equation. But, again, they lost Deshaun yesterday. and. They didn't use him at all in the first half last week. They didn't throw to him, so that that's kind of curious. But, you know, Zach did have a, a pretty good game. I mean, I know he had a drop over the middle, but, you know, he made some big catches in that game. Um, big 30-yarder. I mean, he had seven catches for, what was it, 70 yards on 10 targets. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a pretty efficient game. Um, but now if you're going to be without Goddard for a while, you're going to have to start developing a trust with, you know, whether it's John Hightower or, you know, now you're going to have to work Richard Rodgers into the equation. Uh, as your second tight end, um, you know, and, and these games come up quick. You know, there is a full week that we have to talk and analyze them. But, you know, when you're practicing, I mean, these players aren't going to be together for practice until Wednesday. So really you have, what, four days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, walk through Saturday. I mean, it's just not a lot of time between games to, to start building this chemistry in season. I mean, this is something that needed to be done in the summer. I know other teams had that problem. For some reason, I think it's affecting Carson and some of the issues that he's having with some of these other receivers, not named Zach Ertz. Yeah, because he's struggling big time. But that's what I have to think. You're either watching the film and you're, you know, how defensive coordinators game plan. You're watching last year's Eagles film and you're saying to yourself, let's take Zach Ertz out and see how it goes. And so far, it's gone pretty bad. It's interesting to see, like, because this whole fan base destroys Zach Ertz. There's always, we don't need Zertz or he's not that great. He's overrated. And then you finally see when the, the NFL does, completely disagrees with people, completely yeah. disagrees with Eagles fans because the amount of coverage that this guy has seen, I know he's, he had a deficient game, but he still had Jesse Bates. He's a great safety all over him that whole entire game. Mackenzie Alexander played well too. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz is the main target for defenses when they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles they take it they've been taking them out of the game plan and it's really been affecting them it's really yeah. been it but Jim Schwartz again I mean I don't know what's going on I feel like every time I watch the Eagles now I just expect them to get passed all over even with the addition of Darius Slay he's and he's looked great uh I was completely wrong so far about Nicole Robbie Coleman he's struggling immensely and then Cravon LeBlanc yeah. actually outplayed him in snaps uh Vontae Max is ever since Washington has been struggling. I just expect this team to get passed all over now every time they play. This has to be one of the things that changes. This has to be the first move you make. I think it's time for the defense to have a change of scenery. Yeah, it's funny because then you see, you know, the night game, you watch Shandon Sullivan for the Packers play, you know, 72% of the snaps showed up a little bit. You know, he's a guy that was in Philadelphia uh, in camp, but he wasn't good enough to play here. He's going to the Packers and he's on a 3-0 team. I mean, you know, some of the personnel decisions that, that they made, I mean, you know, they got rid of Jones and Douglas, not that they're any great shakes. But, you know, these are guys that Jim Schwartz couldn't figure out how to get something from. 
Um, Rizzo Douglas is playing good in Carolina too. He's he's yeah, starting to right. make people. Look, he's. I mean, I didn't think he was good to be honest with you, but he's looking good in Carolina. Yeah, I like Douglas. I mean, he was limited speed wise, of course, but he was a physical. You know, he could play press coverage. Um, he was limited if you had to use him deep. But I mean, I I like Douglas. I thought he was a serviceable player. I mean, the guy led the uh, team in interceptions one year. I think he had mm-hmm. you know a couple interceptions. I mean, yeah. He, he, yeah, he. I mean, he's around the ball. Um, but I think, you know, if you look, there was the bright spot of eight sacks. I mean, Derek Barnett had two sacks. He looked good. Brandon Graham had two sacks. Javon Hargrave had a half a sack as he kind of still knocks the rust off. Um, so, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective is, um, you know, they did a decent job in the pass rush, but mm-hmm. guys are still getting open. Joe Burrow had a really big game against them. He's a good quarterback. Um, but you know, now you're going to face Lamar Jackson in a couple of weeks. You're going to face Ben Roethlisberger who can, you know, pick you apart. Um, I don't know who you're going to have in San Francisco. Probably not Jimmy G. I think he'll miss another game. So you'll have their backup next week. Um, yeah, backup destroyed yeah. the giants though. Nick Mullins. He yeah. Sure them. Well, yeah. And are the Eagles any better than the giants? I mean, not right point, now. No, yeah, not They're right not. now. No. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the bright spots, the pass rush was good, but the defensive secondary and this Jalen Mills experiment, I know he had a, a sack and a half, but to me, he just, he had that big per, uh, pass interference call in the end zone that put him first in goal. Um, I questioned that call a little bit, though. I, I thought that was – you could have gone either way with it. I would have let him just play football there, to be honest with you. But yeah, well, the yeah, point yeah, is, it was a bit – yeah, it was a big play. It's still give it up, and he's no Um, You know, and he still kind of looks a little – out of place at times. No, he um, does. How his defense is the second before the ball snapped, and they're still trying to talk and communicate. Like it looks like communication is kind of an issue uh, with the defense. And again, you have linebackers that just can't really play. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate to say that, but Nate Gary is a backup linebacker at best in this league, and he's a starter. TJ Edwards, you know, he's limited in what he can do. And again, I I point to the fact that hey. We drafted Sean Bradley and Davion Taylor. At this point, I don't care how raw Davion Taylor is. Let him just play, throw him out there, and just do what he does. Just whatever he knows, let him let him try it. I mean, can they? I just don't think they can be any worse at this point. Yeah, I mean, Nate Gary is such a liability in coverage. Yeah, such I, a liability. And, and even in the run game, I mean, he just gets swallowed up by blocks. He doesn't. He can't shed blocks. That's what. I, that's what I never get. Why do you keep playing this prevent defense when your defense can't tackle for crap? Yeah, no, but that, I mean, the Eagles have never been a good tackling team outside of Malcolm Jenkins, and yet this Jim Schwartz plays prevent defense like it's gospel. I yeah. I never understand. Look, did you what I immediately saw when I saw prevent defense? I said. Burrow's going to take the dump off because he's not afraid of the Eagles' defense of making the tackle here. What does he do? He throws the dump off to Gio Bernard, and he gets the first down and plus more. Huge play. Huge play. And Trevor Williams is chasing him down to bring him down. It's not even like your linebackers or your safeties. It's your your corner that had to come off, come on the field because Darius Slay got hurt. Like, well, this... Duke Riley got blocked into oblivion on that play. Duke Opened Riley's up all awful. Awful Nate Gary came up from his picket fence position wherever he was and tried to make the play, and he ends up taking out uh, Jalen Mills, and Derek Barnett stumbles over Mills, and uh, Bernard runs right by Gary. Uh, Marcus Epps is getting blocked on the outside, and then it's a foot race, and Trevor Williams tracks him down, and they hold him to a field goal. But to me, you know, an NFL game comes down to, you know, three or four plays that you have to make. 
and that was one of them that the Eagles defense had to make. The other one was that that wheel route to Sanders that Carson overthrew, and that's a touchdown. Those are two huge plays, probably, in my opinion, the two biggest plays in this game. And then another one that I noticed watching the film today was Deshaun Jackson on the Eagles' first drive that they had to settle for a field goal. They get in the first and goal there at the nine. Uh, on the first play from there, Deshaun Jackson's wide open uh, at the four-yard line. The safety's already convert, you know, committed to cover Ertz. There's two men on Ertz, and Wentz runs. He doesn't even see Jackson, who was really kind of right in front of him and to the left. Deshaun's wide open at the four. You, you hit him with the quick pass, and he's in the end zone. I mean, that, you know, he would get in easily. Um, that's another big play. Yeah, uh, I hate to say it, and in 2017, I know this is all John DeFilippino, and this is probably what you're going to say too, but ever since – John left. Carson walks into reads, and he's he, he's got stuck with it at North Dakota State. That was a huge knock I had on him coming out was he locks into reads because usually in at that level of play, Division Two, the guy's going to stay open. Uh, so it was he can get away with it there. Mm-hmm. He does it in the NFL so much, and right when he saw Zach Ertz double covered, he didn't care. He just took off. Right. I think it goes into he's used to do it playing that way. First of all, and that's again that's mechanical issues we got that needs to be worked on with him. And number two, he doesn't trust – I mean, when does this guy have a wide receiver to trust? So I well, think he's used to just saying, Ertz is covered. And the safety committed to Ertz, and instead of going to – and maybe Jackson was his second progression, I, I don't know. But, you know, Jackson's right there. You see the safety commit to cover Ertz with, I think, whoever – maybe a linebacker who took Zach off of the line there. But, you know, Zach's getting the, the attention like he always does. And Deshaun's sitting there at the four-yard line wide open. All you had to do was like look a little to the left or see your out of your peripheral vision, and bam, it's a touchdown. Um, you yeah, know he's played awful. Carson Wentz has just played awful. I, I, we can make excuses all we want for him. We could. It's just the truth. He's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this year. I I can't. I don't know. Like you said, we don't have the answers for it. I don't know why he couldn't make that simple read. Because I agree. I saw that too, and I I. I mean, I saw it when it happened. I was like, Deshaun's right there. What is he doing? Yeah, see, I didn't really see it when it happened, but I, I watched it again today. And then there was another – I didn't see this. Well, the so first – because I to, – to piggyback on what you said earlier, the first interception I thought was Carson's fault too. It would have been picked off regardless. Car- Deshaun was swallowed by those two this, – this, uh, Jesse Bates was right there, and the corner was peeking right behind him. If, yeah. if, if It doesn't matter if, that, if the defensive lineman doesn't tip that ball or not. One of those guys is intercepting and jumping right in front of Deshaun. That was mm-hmm. a horrible read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there was another play. I didn't see this today. I don't know if I got to rewatch it, but Richard Rogers is running free out in the open, you know, like 25 yards downfield. Yeah. Nobody's even covering him because he's Richard Rogers. And I guess they didn't plan on him being in or something, but he was wide open. And for some reason, Carson didn't see him and just kind of threw a little pass off to the side and uh, was incomplete. And, you know, and Rogers is wide open would have been a huge gain. He wouldn't have scored because there was a safety nearby, you know, within five to seven yards, whatever it was. But um, I noticed Rodgers wide open, and he just didn't hit him. Yeah. For everybody that's listening, though, this happens to every quarterback in every game. There's always going to be a time where they miss a play. It's just the amount of times that Carson Wentz is missing these these reads is what's a little alarming for us. But, Ed, real quick, because I know we got to wrap this up. I just wanted to ask you, are you at the point? I mean, you're. I don't. I don't think you fired Doug Peterson, do you? Uh, well, not yet. Um, like, does it see Eddie? If if this season continues to go downward spiral, and let's just say they they go four and twelve, 
I mean, four eleven and one now. Do you do you, do you tell Doug it's hey like it's time to get because I'm I'll just tell you what I feel real quick. I don't get rid of Doug Peterson after the season. I don't let this season be an indicator of what I do. I think that's a little jumping the gun. Uh, what I do is I tell him straight up we need to go back to what we did when you first got hired here and build you a supporting cast, and that means an offense coordinator to help you with this. You need your Frank Reich back. And I'm looking at Jacksonville because I'm just going to give an example. And I'm assuming they're going to clean house at the end of the season over there. I called Jay Gruden and I said, Jay Gruden, you've been a head coach in this league before. You've dealt with quarterbacks up and down plays. You rode that ship. You've made them play better. We're in a situation now where we need some creativity. We need our quarterback to improve. Our head coach is a great coach, great play designer. Stinks at in-game adjustments, does not know how to coach a game when it doesn't go according to the script. We need you to help us mellow out those weaknesses. And then I also go to Howie Roseman and I say, your personnel decisions aren't are cutting anymore. We were at our best when you had somebody helping you like a Joe Douglas. I need to go this route again, and we need to bring in like a Lewis Riddick to help you with these personnel decisions. Because I look at this draft, and I, you and I have talked about this before. These past couple drafts, when I look around the league and I see injuries happen, most teams replace them with the guys that they drafted, their death guys that they drafted, and they they fill in just fine, or they fill into a serviceable rate. I look at this team; they get decimated by injuries, and then we keep using this injury excuse that it every league, every team in the league goes through injuries. It's just the truth. It, the amount the Eagles go through is excessive. I understand, but every team goes through injuries. And this team never has the depth to overcome these injuries, and that falls on drafting. That simply falls on drafting because most times when a guy gets injured and a draft pick or some young death steps up, that, that guy might end up taking that guy's job. And the Eagles haven't had that. They haven't had anybody that could come in and say, you know, I mean, Nate Herbrig is probably the closest I could think of off the top of my head to where you're thinking, you know what, this guy might need to start a guard for us long term. Uh, to save some cap relief and get rid of some big contracts on the offensive line. That's that's the only guy I can really – Josh Sweat also could take Derek Barnett's $10 million salary off the books now next year because this guy looks like he's somebody you can build around at the defensive end position. But, again, it's it, it's not much, Ed. It's not much I can go off of. So I'm looking at these guys, and I'm looking at their biggest struggles. Howie Rosen, once again, he was part of the dream team, and now he's part of the quarterback factory. I'm bringing in a guy who can make personal decisions because he's clearly proven to me he's not able to handle it that well. And then for Doug, I'm bringing in a guy to compliment him in the offensive system and say, hey, we're going to make it – you want to make it easier for Carson? We're going to make it easier for you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a lot of stuff there. Um, I would I'm say – I'm sorry, man. I'm just, I've been thinking about this all day, and I'm like yeah, – I, yeah. I think you just need to go back to what you planned before. You need to go, go back to 2016. Think – Put your mindset back in that where we're starting all over again. We're looking at these guys' biggest weaknesses when they came into Philadelphia. They haven't changed. I'll mm-hmm. tell you right now. Harry Roseman hasn't changed whatsoever. I think he's proven that to us now. Great cap guy. Good with the trades. Bad at drafting. Doug Peterson, great play designer. Really can't make any game adjustments. Probably isn't the best at helping your quarterback with his, with his mechanics. Need somebody else to help him out with that. Like you had the Frank Reich and John D. Fulop now. That's just where I'm at with this point. Where how can we help these guys get better? Because I just don't know if if you're Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman deserves to get fired. But when you look at this cap situation next year, I don't think you fire Howie Roseman. 
I don't think you can ask the new new general manager, the new executive vice president to come in and deal with this situation with the cab. I that's just asking him to start off with a failure. So I think you have to keep Howie with that part. And I think you maybe you bring in some guy that can help with the personnel decisions like you did Joe Douglas. And then with Doug, I just think you need that Frank Reich again. You need that type of guy that can help you with that. And I think Jay Gruden would be perfect. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, you know, Howie's not going to go anywhere under Jeff Lurie. I mean, it's like a father son relationship. Those two yeah. have. Um, so I, you know, it would be good to get him out of that GM role. So maybe you slide Howie into a, uh, you know, a cat manager type of situation, like a Joe Banner role, someone that just manages the cap and the salaries and the contracts. And you actually bring in a football guy who knows the personnel Joe Douglas, you know, was he that good? I don't know. I mean, look at that 2017 draft with Joe Douglas's fingers prints all over it. Yeah, uh, I agree you with know. you. I don't think he was. I don't think his drafts helped that much. But I, I would argue that his fingerprints were all over that free agency, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I could see them bringing in uh, a GM type of person, you know, whoever that might be, Gruden or Riddick or you know whoever. Um, but then you just let that person make your decisions about the 53-man roster. And you put Howie in charge of getting them signed, contracts, cap stuff. I could see them doing that. I First of all, where are your wins going to come from this year at this point? You couldn't beat, like you said, the team that had the first pick in the Bengals, the team that had the second pick in Washington, and now you got to play – you know, these next three games, you're playing teams that are seven and one going into the Monday night game with the Ravens at two and oh. I mean, I don't know where your wins are coming from. Then you have the Giants and the Cowboys. Um, if Doug finishes, you know, four, 11 and one or three, whatever, three, 12 and one, I mean, I could see him getting, getting canned. I really could. I mean, I know if you look at the history when Andy Reid was here, um, you know, he had a four and eight season going in 2011. And uh, he won his last four games to get to eight and eight. And Jeffrey Lurie brought him back. And then the wheels completely fell off and they went four and 12. I mean, I don't know if Lurie's going to give Doug. I mean, I know Doug won a Super Bowl when he, you know, he's got some cachet. But, um, you know, to me, you know, I could just see him cutting bait right away and, and, and moving on from Doug and bringing in a new head coach and bringing in a GM um, together. And having them work together and seeing if they can figure out Carson, assuming Carson doesn't get it figured out over the next 13 weeks here. But, you know, someone who can work with Carson and try to build him back up because you have a big decision to make on Carson after that 21 season in terms of his contract. I mean, are you going to continue? Are you going to pay him what he's owed and commit to him and guarantee him uh, what's due to him? Or are you going to move on to Jalen Hurts and um I mean, there are a lot of decisions, and right now you can kind of start to form those decisions because I don't see where this team's going to win more than four games at this point. I, re- I mean, I really don't. I don't either. I and it's unfortunate to say, but the, the yeah. my faith in this team is completely dwindled because I they'll go as far as Carson Wentz can take it. If he keeps playing like yeah. that, they can't win games. It's no. simple as that. He has the most turnover worthy plays in the NFL right now. So I, I, you can't win games that way. And the last thing I wanted to ask you, because I don't know if you heard anything about this, whatever happened to the Jim Caldwell situation? I, I could have sworn they were going to bring him in. I thought that would have been the, the, the hire that they should have done when they were talking to Jim Caldwell this offseason. I thought that would have been a good hire. I think he would have helped Carson once out a lot. Not just Carson, but I think Doug, too. I mean, you know, yeah. they're kind of in that same age bracket where, you know, they're kind of uh, peers and, you know, no one's, you know, looking to kiss up the Doug or whatever or, challenge Doug on certain things you know um 
I don't know what happened to it. You know, it, it kind of fell apart, the whole offensive coordinator idea, and they decided to go in this direction with, you know, an offensive consultant, a passing game coordinator, a running game coordinator, just so many different titles. Um, and maybe the that's – maybe I, the message is being lost here somewhere in translation. I mean, there's a lot of different people with input into the plays and what's being called and the game plan. And, you know, that process should be streamlined with a head coach and an offensive coordinator and a quarterback's coach who knows the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then they start building the game plan. But the final say is the OC and the head coach. And that's what Reich and Peterson had in 2017 was that that uh, connection between each other. You know, the same peer group, uh, roughly the same age. And those two guys, man, I'm telling you, they would go over that play uh the, the play sheet and what they had drawn up and they would go over with a fine tooth comb and they would, they would massage it. They'd put stuff in or they would tweak this or tweak that. And um, I just don't know if that message is being uh, is happening right now with anybody on the staff. It's not. And I, I was all aboard the Jim Caldwell train. I thought once that rumor came out that that's the perfect guy to add. I even liked Graham Harrell at USC too, but I, I think he wanted to stay in college. I think that was why that didn't work out when they mm-hmm. interviewed him for offense coordinator. But I thought, Jim Caldwell would be a good move. He didn't even get a job, so it's it's completely weird what fell apart there. I thought I they could have Doug Peterson could have remade his relationship with Frank Wright with Jim Caldwell for sure because I don't think Jim Caldwell is going to have many head coaching opportunities anymore. So I think he would have accepted his offense coordinator role and would have helped out Carson Wentz a lot the whole entire offense. I mean, look what Matthew Stafford accomplished underneath him and so on and so forth. I'm not sure why it didn't happen. Not only that. I think the problem is when you look at Marty Morningwig and you look at Rich Gangarello and all these offensive voices, the press Taylor, none of these guys called plays. I mean, Rich Gangarello did for Denver, but look how badly it went. They had to get rid of him right away. He lasted one season out of offensive coordinator there. I, they moved on and got Pat Sherman as soon as they uh, possibly could for uh, Drew Locke. It, he's not a good play caller. He's a good play designer as well. You look at this offensive staff, they uh, – Sometimes Doug's a good call. He's just inconsistent. That's what it is. Doug's just inconsistent. And then he doesn't have somebody that knows how to – because even Mike Grove, he wasn't a play caller either. So until you get that in – they need to add a, a guy that knows how to call plays on offense to mesh in there with Doug. Right. And someone who's who's not afraid to be creative. I mean, this offense to me just looks so predictable and stale. And, um, you know, Jalen Hurts, I mean, we saw the two Wildcats. But, like, where – where is he not throwing the ball? Why isn't Greg Ward taking a uh, a pitch and, and throwing the ball? Or I mean, you know, let's take some chances here. Let's throw some some different wrinkles into things and and use some of these gadget plays. I mean, Jalen Hurts inside the ten yard line would be a good option to line up as a wildcat. Maybe fake the run, pull up, and you have somebody wide open because everybody sucked up to the run, and then bam, easy throw. Hurts gets his first touchdown. Um, of course, adding to all the controversy, people want to see Hurts, you know, play more. Whatever but, helps the Eagles win football at this point. Whatever yeah, helps the Eagles I mean, win I, football. I just don't see any create. They tried their first jet sweep yesterday, and they throw they jet sweep with Greg Ward. Um, yeah, terrible. And then yeah. where is the blocking on these quick screens off the line? You know, these quick passes at the line of scrimmage. They get sniffed out right away. Those those screens get sniffed out right away. I mean, you're right. Nobody, nobody's blocking, but you, they you get sniffed out teams, easily. You saw the Packers use it last night. You see other teams using it and fairly successful. You know, you're not going to hit a home run, but you're going to get five, six yards. It's like an extension of a running play. Um, but the Eagles, they get no yards or they lose yards. Nobody's blocking out there. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, but again, Gre- you know, Rager, I'm surprised we didn't see a jet sweep 
to Rager in the season opener. And then week two, um, to throw it to, to use Greg Warden. I mean, yeah. just not, it's not good. Uh, Creativity. Deontay so Burnett is the guy I probably would have used in that or Hightower, even Hightower's yeah, 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 maybe your Hurts or something. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you got to do more with Hurts. You got to put him in there. Just mo- you don't have to give him the ball or let him, you know, snap it to him. Just put him in motion, move him around, line him well, up. Well, you're the- saying, I mean, you have no choice now. You're winless. You lost yeah. to the the you lost to two of the worst teams, and then if, I mean, the Rams aren't bad, but they weren't a playoff team last year. You lost to so you lost to two non-playoff teams, and then you tied with the worst team in the NFL last year, you have no choice but to be creative Creative now. You have nothing – You have. I mean, you're playing for your lives. Yeah, I know. Well, we'll see. Well, I mean – Long we'll week. See what long I, week. I, yep, it's going to be a long week. Do you guys start to Carson Wentz this week? Yeah. Uh, I haven't gotten a schedule, though, for the week. Usually he talks to us Wednesday, and they fit him in between practices. I mean – we, we talked to him for seven minutes last week. Um, that's yeah, how long yeah. they gave us. I mean, you're starting quarterback, you know, seven minutes. Brandon Graham talked for 11 minutes the next day in between practices. But, you know, for some Carson, reason. It's going to be five minutes now for Carson Wentz. But yeah, here, here I just got the schedule. It's Wednesday at 12.55, Carson speaks. Um, Schwartz, Schwartz talks tomorrow at 11.15. Yeah, the schedule hasn't changed much here. From, uh, if you get caught on. What are you going to ask Carson now? Because the injury question's out the window. He doesn't look hurt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I haven't really thought about that yet. Um, you got any suggestions? What's? I mean, what are you seeing out there? I don't. I. It's. I. I don't even know what to ask. See, that's where I'm at. Uh, if because you you can't just. Add, I mean, you're a professional. You obviously does. You can't just say what Carson. What's going on? Like, I don't understand what his reads are. I don't understand. Like, where is there? Carson, do you feel like there's a disconnect with you and your new wide receivers? Is th- is this what's going on right now? Can you mm-hmm. just openly say that? Can you t- can you say yeah, what, what? Can you tell? Can you tell us? Because you clearly aren't telling Doug what we can do differently to help the offense. Because everybody's still doing the same stuff. Yeah, you can a- you can ask him whatever you want, and if he doesn't want to answer it, he doesn't have to answer. I mean, we heard Doug get asked a question about a layup last yesterday, and. After the game, and Doug just kind of stared at the camera and didn't even answer it, and they moved on to the next question. So. Oh, but I love when you ask him, Doug, do you ever think about giving up uh, surrendering play calling duties? And he goes, <laughs> "No, never thought about it. I love play calling." Like, dude, I thought I thought my 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 microphone was muted when I asked that question. I thought, did he, no, he paused for like a good five. Like, I watched it. Um, I was thinking my mic was not still muted, you know, because you're muted and you have to unmute before you get the question. So I thought, he's oh, probably, yeah. he's, he's probably saying, there he goes. One of our most positive writers that always doesn't write the clickbait stuff, doesn't write any really major negative pieces on this organization is asking me if I want to surrender play calling duties. Is this well, how freaking low we have gotten in Philadelphia right now? Is this how this <laughs> like I expect Elliot Howard. Maybe even Kemp's heat asked you this question, but no, Ed is asking me this question now. I, that's that's. I think that's what he had to think for five seconds through his head before he answered you. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I was going to ask about Rager. Like, why isn't Jalen Rager on the IR yet? I mean, is it because they're holding out hope that he's going to come back quicker than the four to six week time frame? And 
Absolutely, you know, that's what they're doing, Ed. That's what they're doing with Brandon Brooks too. They they th- look. That's Will Parks. I'm sure that they're going to probably activate him this week and hope he plays too. Yeah, or even Quez Watkins. I mean, you know, they need receiver help, right? I mean, let's see what Quez Watkins can do now. Yeah, you have no, yeah, yeah. You have no choice. I I put Quez Watkins out there. I t- Alshon's playing for his next team. Whenever he tells me that he can play now, I say whatever. Go out there. I don't even care. I Deshaun's already hurt. You know, I I already you said it multiple times on this show before the season started expect that to happen we yeah. all did i just yeah. play them until they get hurt i say you if you guys tell me you're good enough to play if alshon says i'm good enough to play go out in the field what do we have to play for right now we're oh two and one isn't isn't it funny how the load management thing with deshaun jackson didn't really quite work that's the reason why i got hurt that's yeah, the maybe reason. i mean they gave him off the last two wednesdays he's not practicing and you played football tell a football player that he can't go full speed the whole entire game I, that doesn't that doesn't work. That doesn't work. You, you want to play. Yeah. Um, well, not man. only that, I, how am I going to tell Deshaun give 50, 50% effort in the first half and then the 100 the next the, the second half? It, play, players need rhythm. It's a football game. It's chemistry. It's all about the rhythm. And I, I don't know, man. I, they look completely lost as a team. I just, it's fun recording this podcast. I said finally I, re- I commit to doing an Eagles podcast, and they decide to be bad, as super bad as they possibly can. So it's hard to be positive on these shows right now, but I mean, I greatly appreciate you coming on and giving us the words that we need to hear. Yeah. Hey, listen, you never know. Maybe they turn it around. <laughs> it's Philadelphia. They could definitely turn it around. They could, and they could win the division at seven, eight, one for sure. Like it's, it's yeah. I don't know what the longevity in the playoffs will be, but you know, listen, Carson Wentz's body of work is what it is. It's a, it's a pretty good body of work. So you have to just trust that, you know, sooner, much sooner than later, he's going to, He's going to Man. turn this around. It annoys uh, me that everybody's like, you know, Carson's just not has it been the same since 2017. And I'm like, did you guys not watch last year? Yeah. Did you guys not watch this guy play last year? This guy elevated that team. He's the f- first 4,000-yard passer in Philadelphia Eagles history and then the first in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards with a wide receiver under 500 yards. Yep. Where was the bad play last year? Seattle, that one game? Yes, he has that at least once a year. Right now, how he's playing, we've never seen Carson Wentz play this bad. Never. Yeah, I mean, you know, over the last five games last year, and I'm throwing my, the Miami Dolphins lost in here, but he threw 10 touchdowns and one interception over the last five yeah. games. They go four and one. I mean, listen, you can say, well, the NFC stinks again, but the familiarity with these teams, it's not easy to win these games um, in within the division. But that, that to me, is a body of work from last year. Then you have 2017. Um I mean, to me, we've seen him play a lot better than he has, and you just have to hope that that light goes on. Whatever it is, starts to click. We'll see. It's going to be a fun week. Can't wait to hear you. If I hope you get called on on Wednesday. That's all I have to say. I hope you get called on Wednesday because I'll be watching, and I can't wait to hear what you ask him. Hey, Carson, right. do you ever feel like giving up the starting quarterback duties? <laughs> yeah, I- I'd be interested to see how he feels about being lined up wide with Jalen Hurts when he comes in the game. Like, well, I mean, they, I, that that was a look. That was the design. We did yeah. see that he did line up wide. See, yeah. I mean, I would do that. Jalen throws it to Carson. Carson throws it to John Hightower. That's running free because the safety bit on Jalen Hurts, trying to uh, thinking that he's going to run the ball. Something, yeah. man. Something. I, Some that's, creativity. Landlock ball, man. Let's get down to this. Draw it up in the dirt, like uh, you know, back in the day. Draw up the play in the dirt. You go out to the. Car you did that. They did that in the Super Bowl. They did yep. that in the Super Bowl. 
I don't know how the coach that does the Philly special on a fourth and three against the New England Patriots dynasty with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady goes and punts it in an overtime game versus the worst team in the NFL last year. It, what a turn of events, man. What a turn of events. Yep. That was not a good look for a coach who wrote a book called Fearless. No, not at all. But all right, Ed, I'm I'm sorry to take up all your time. I know you got to eat dinner. I got yeah. to as well. But I yeah, appreciate man. you taking time. Here. Yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on and talking to us real quick. I always need these little venting sessions after the Eagles really look awful to at least kind of give you some kind of clarity. At least I know that some of my opinions aren't going on the wayside. And we always need your insight. So hang Ed, in there, Connor. Hang in there, man. We'll try. We'll try. Yep. I know you're. I know. I know the. I know the Eagles fan in you is going crazy right now too. I just know you. You take your career seriously. Listen, but, my advice is: if you still have that Super Bowl game saved on your DVR, put it on and watch it, <laughs> and rewatch it again, and rewatch it again, because exactly. we're we're a little far away from that team right now, my friends. But, but not that moment, man. That was a great moment. It was. Oh, we, we loved it. Enough. All right. Thanks you guys right. for tuning in, Ed. Thanks for joining the show again. Yep. Check all of Ed's articles out on the Eagles Sports Illustrated page. Him and John McMullen are killing it right now. Uh, Ed is also, if you guys haven't heard in their episode, was the person that asked Doug Peterson if he would like to give up play calling. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, it was a question that needed to be asked. If he, At least he needed to know if it's ever being considered. Because clearly, yeah. the way Doug answered, that's it's never being considered. And I don't blame him either because I don't think anybody in that building can step up and be a play caller either. But – but and now we know he's on record. If we're all of a sudden he's not calling plays, we know where the decision came from to give up those duties. It would oh, have yeah. been, you know, just, just like it wasn't his decision to uh, fire micro. Right. Exactly. Yep. All right. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.